Let's pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So I'll give you a heads up that this is a part one of two part of a two part message because it's kind of (laughs) long. So I don't want to uh, overbear you um, in one setting. But a few years ago, a journalist named uh, Bernie Rudolph wrote an article about the CEO of Fiat Chrysler, whose name was Sergio Marchioni. And in the article, the report examined Marchioni's plan to make significant shifts in the way Fiat Chrysler um, did production in North America. And Marchioni said that the shifts he was proposing was in reaction to the shift in customer taste towards larger SUVs and pickup trucks and and crossovers of all sizes. And in view of the way that USA auto market was shifting, it was what they considered to be a permanent change. And these shifts that Chrysler was going to set was going to really set the tone for a new way in which the corporation would allocate their products and move towards the future. And the CEO went on to say that he didn't anticipate that there would be any loss of jobs or closure to any plans. And so today, I want to preach from the subject, shifts happen. Now, I want you to say that to the person sitting next to you, but but make sure you uh, have the F in there. Shifts happen. The other stuff does too, but we're just talking about shifts right now. Shifts happen. Sometimes all that is required to turn a situation around in your life and in my life is one modification, one adjustment, one alteration, one change, and one shift. In the text before us today, it was a minor shift in thinking, a minor shift in practice, a minor shift in approach and philosophy of the disciples that made the difference between success and failure. A minor shift turned their entire situation around. The setting of the story is in our text is on the Sea of Tiberias. And that is the Roman name for the Sea of Galilee. The disciples present appeared to be depressed. They're in a state of, of, of depression and because of the horrific events that had just occurred leading to the culmination of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. After three years of following Jesus, they have gone back to Galilee. They have returned to what they know best, and that's fishing. They had to make a living, so they returned to what they knew best. The text records that they went out on the water and they fished all night long, but they caught nothing. They had been fishing from the side of the boat that is called the port side of any fisher, fishing people out here, you know, any people who've gone fishing, the port side or the left side, which would be your right, 
the left side of the boat or the starboard side of the boat is the right side or the navigational, the, the right side of the boat. These are really just navigational terms because they're fixed. They never change. And they refer to the left or the right side of the boat res respectively. And these terms are really references that are independent of the sailor's positioning. No matter where you are, the port side is always the port side and the starboard side is always the starboard side. In other words, the locations never change. Port is on the left and starboard is on the right. And the disciples had been fishing all night on the port or the left side of the boat. Early in the morning, with moisture coming down from the clouds, the air probably thick and the fog a little bit overcast, like the fog that rolls into some parts of California. I know when I lived um, off of uh, Sunset, the fog would roll in so thick some points of Chautauqua that you couldn't even see the beach area. And this is the point of the, the story where the disciples hear this voice. The fog was rolling in. They were on the boat and the fog rolling. They hear a voice, but they don't see anyone. They hear someone calling them out. And the person who spoke to them said to make a minor shift in their technique, just a minor shift in their methodology. They can't see who's talking to them, but they hear a voice. Hey, fellas, why don't you try to fish from the starboard side of the boat? Cast your net on the right side of the boat. Such, it's really such a small and such an uh, uh, insignificant shift. Yet it was the key that changed their night of defeat into a day of glorious success. Their success was just on the other side. I want you to hold that in your mind. Their, their success was just on the other side of the boat. The miracle that they were looking for required only a minor shift. It was just on the other side of the boat. Could it be that our advances, could it be that the victory that we're looking for in our life, could it be that the achievement that we want the breakthrough that you and I seek and even need in our life could just be on the other side of a minor shift that God is calling us to make. It seems so irrelevant. It seems so immaterial. It seems so insignificant. It seems so minor and so trivial. A Move from the left side to the right side and move from the port to the starboard side of the boat. But that minor shift had a major impact and produce massive results. I'm going to say that one more time because I need to hear it. That minor shift had a major impact and produce massive results. I believe the same is true in your life and mine. The same is true in the life of our family. The same is true in the schools or the children and the grandchildren, our grandchildren or your grandchildren. I ain't got none. There are 10. <laughs> the same is true in the communities in which we live. The same is true in this church. The same is true in God's world. A minor shift 
can have major impact and produce massive results. As I was preparing for this message, I, I was doing a lot of Google searches and I came across this article on NASA's website. And it's surprising that I stumbled upon it, really. My, my preaching professor used to tell me in seminary that he, he said, if you're prayed up and you're preparing for a message, the information will come to you. So I was just doing this really Google search and, and, and I came across this article and it said, it's believed that each time when the space shuttle was going up, when it launched from the Cape Canaveral in Florida, uh, an Air Force range safety officer, now you gotta listen, an Air Force range safety officer using video display for evidence concerning the performance of the shuttle, waited anxiously for the first two minutes of the launch to pass, because the first two minutes of the launch was crucial. The first two minutes of the launch was critical because it is in those first two minutes, the shuttle, if the shuttle shifted, if it shifted even slightly off course, and threatened to endanger a populated area. The NASA website stated that that Air Force range officer was responsible for flipping two flight termination switches. The first switch would arm an explosive solid rocket on the side of the shuttle. The second switch would detonate the explosive booster rockets, destroying the shuttle and the entire crew. All of this would happen if that ship made a minor shift off course. If that space shuttle in those first two minutes made a shift off course, and was threatening populated area, it would be detonated and blown up. The rest of this information that I will share today in this part one doesn't relate to any of us here, but it might be good information that we wanna share with some of our friends in the future. Most people probably drink more than one of these, one 12 ounce can of soda a day. Now I've been on this kick where I'm trying to get off sugar, so. I've successfully done it for two days, so I'm gonna brag. <laughs> Soda is not my thing most of the time. It's really other sweets. My favorite drink is chai at Starbucks. 240 calories. So uh, if you're ever in the area after January, I like it with uh, six pumps of chai. <laughs> Most sodas have 240 calories. So if you drink a soda a day, that's over 1,050 calories a week, 4,200 calories a month, 50,400 calories per year just from sodas. But what would happen if those of you who drink sodas, or for me, chai tea, would make a shift? to reduce the amount of soda that we consume by eliminating soda one day, by making the shift and reducing the intake by just one 
we save 150 calories a week, 4,200 calories per month, and 50,400 calories per year. To say nothing of the dental benefits and the health benefits and the astounding problems that we could run into with sugar and diabetes. Like I said, none of this applies to any of us, but maybe it's good information that we can share with our friends and with our family. According to a 2013 open exchange research, it's estimated that Americans between the ages of 18 and 64 who use electronic devices, laptop, desktops, iPhones, iPads, for those who use these devices, Facebook, Twitter, any, have I touched anything that you're familiar with? LinkedIn, Google+, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat. It's, it's estimated that the average person spends three hours a day on electronic equipment engaging social media. Three hours. It just goes real fast, doesn't it? Three hours. Now, please don't leave here saying that that old fogey preacher is talking negative about electronic devices. Imagine that we spend three hours a day on social media. That means that right now, as I am preaching, someone listening to me is on a social media. <laughs> Someone's probably reading an email. Someone is probably sending a text. Somebody's probably replying to a text. It may be here, maybe someone in uh, Zoom land. <laughs> and if you happen to be making reservations for dinner, we'll be done about 6.30 and I'll be happy to join you. <laughs> Three hours a day is what the amount of time the average American spends on electronic equipment and social media. But what if we made a shift? I'm not suggesting eliminating electronic equipment and go back to the ice ages and the phone cord on the wall that limited your access or anything like that. But if you made a shift from three hours to two hours a day and spend that extra hour praying, spend that extra hour reading, spend that extra hour exercising, spend that extra hour meditating, spend that extra hour actually with people, <laughs> real people. <laughs> with our spouses, our partners, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our friends, our neighbors. Maybe taking a yoga class, a dance class, a music class, riding a bicycle, going on a hike, learning a new language, visiting someone in a hospital or a nursing home, mentoring a child, volunteering at an animal shelter. One hour a day. What could we do just by making a simple shift? By prioritizing, we gain seven hours per week, 28 extra hours a month, 336 extra hours per year. That's almost 14 extra days by making one shift of one hour. Now, if I told you that the average American carries <laughs> 
Now, my friend would say, now you're not preaching, now you're meddling, but I'm going to meddle a little bit. If I tell you that the average American carries $15,000 worth of credit card bill, you probably wouldn't believe me. And those who purchase lottery tickets, and I have been guilty of that, spend over $1,100 per year with little or nothing to show. But someone listening to me might be at the point where God is saying to them, and God is saying to me, if we want to get to that next level, if we want to get to that next level in our faith, if we, if we want to get to that next level in our health, if we want to get to that next level in our happiness, in our joy, in our contentment, in our peace of mind, whatever the next level is for you, if we want to get there, you are going to have to make a shift. You see, the miracle that you and I may desire to experience is just on the other side. That dream that we want in our relationship, in our financial situation, in our health, in our academic pursuit might just be on the other side of a shift. So you ask the question, Pastor, what steps do I need to take? What steps do I need to make? The text suggests at least three steps. The text suggests at least three dimensions. The text suggests at least three actions that these disciples took in order to make the shift in their situation. Three things that they did to turn everything around. And that's what I'm going to preach about next Sunday. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> God, we thank you that you invite us in our world, in, in the situations that we are in, in our endeavors to become better persons. You invite us to those places where we take the step and make the shifts in our life that can transform us from where we are right now to where we are were intended to be. And so we thank you for that. We ask that what has been said and what we have experienced in worship right today will go with us into the week as we contemplate what are those areas in our life where we need to make a shift. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.